You're listening to Tech Recruit, a podcast that educates talent acquisition and recruitment professionals on innovation to attract talent across all industries. We're glad you're here. Welcome to Dueling Sourcers. Um, this is where we show that there is more than one way to source for talent. Today joining me, and I'm Stacey Broadwell, is Mark Tortorici. Welcome to the show, Mark. Yes. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Stacey, for having me. I announced that you were going to be on the show a week ago um, or two weeks ago. And then I've been getting all these emails that, oh, my gosh, Mark Tortorici changed my life. And <laughs> he's the reason why I'm the sorcerer I am today. And, his, <laughs> and I'm just like, no pressure, no pressure on me to duel <laughs> Mark Tortorici, the man who changed lives. But... <laughs> yeah, but they didn't say change the life for better or worse. So you should have we should have delved deeper into that. <laughs> yeah, maybe changed it. How was it with karaoke after <laughs> after the show? Exactly. I mean, exactly. <laughs> so um, this show, we're going to talk. We're going to go um, take two strategies to source for talent and and we're going to look at two roles. So, um, Mark, before we get into that, tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got into sourcing and what you're doing now. Yes. Well, I came to this planet. Um, no, no, no. Um, so uh, I've been <laughs> been sourcing for um, a while, and I've uh, been training sources and recruiters for a longer while. And um, uh, basically, um, yeah, I've been teaching you know teaching sources and recruiters how to like find you know people online, how to like create search strings from technical recs. Um, and been doing that for, you know, many years since like the nineties. Um, and, um, been, uh, doing that for different companies, different corporate staffing groups and, uh, staffing agencies. I've worked actually in staffing agencies as well. Um, I used to manage a, you know, a sourcing and recruiting team. Um, I've done individual contract sourcing and recruiting and, um, you know, now I do training, have my own training company, uh, which is transform talent acquisition. And um, yeah, and when I have like a free 15 second slice in the day, I might actually play some music and record, but that's about it. <laughs> like halfway through the show? Like halfway through the show, exactly. I'll bust out my ukulele or my guitar or something. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, welcome. So we'll go ahead and get started. Mark, uh, we picked a couple roles. Tell us about what we're gonna source for today. Yes. So we have two roles, two two paths to to uncertain doom here. No, no. Um, we have two roles. Um, one is a technical role, and one is a non-tech role, both from the same company. So the company is Target. I picked Target um, just because they have, you know, obviously they have a good balance of both, right? They have their technical side for supporting the website, supporting the, you know, the e-commerce aspect of, of the, uh, the website application. And then you have the, um, you know, obviously the warehouse stuff. So I picked two roles and uh, we're going to just take a look at different approaches to working those roles. Excellent. And, and we really wanted to focus on, on industries that were just thriving and hiring right now, um, but with a balance. And um, for those of you who are joining us in the chat, and I'm sure everybody knows how to use Zoom, but make sure when you're replying down there on the chat that you um, use, you select all panelists and attendees because it defaults, I think, just to all panelists. 
and only myself and Mark can see that. But if you do all panels on Chinese, obviously everybody um, can see that. And because I'm going to be also um, demonstrating um, a ways to source for this talent, um, I'm not going to be able to be in the Facebook, but I see Brett Feig. Hi, Brett. Could you help us out and monitor the uh, Facebook chat on my page? <laughs> I would be ever so appreciative. And then you can also participate. Okay. So I am going to go ahead and kick us off. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that we've never really talked about on this show and on the sourcing show, while we dive into different um, resources and tools, we never taken a step back and talked about when you first meet with your hiring manager or a company, and, and that is creating a market map. And so that's what I'm going to do for us really quick. It's going to take about 10 minutes because I'm going to blow through it really quickly, but I'm going to show you the template that I actually use and I've been using for the last 10 years um, for my <laughs> woo, woo, Robert half alumni. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> I've been using for the last 10 years and it's just going to pull in data and information to encapsulate um, the company that you're going to be uh, working with. And I think this is imperative in a couple ways. One, it's going to help your, uh, you know, the hiring manager know that you understand um, the snapshot of the company, which they already do, but also it's going to show them competitively where their opportunities are and also be able to assess the entire pool of candidates that are available out there. And while you can use MZ and you can use LinkedIn ta um, talent solutions for all these type of things, I'm going to show you how to use it, do it for free on, on a quick, uh, quick basis. So um, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. So this is basically an outline and I have my, my sister's a millennial and she always tells me I should stop showing people outlines <laughs> and I should be using more visual aids, but that's okay. I think you get the gist and I'm not going to um, load this down with a lot of graphs and stuff. I'll leave that to you. Um, another time to use something like this is before your interview. And again, this only takes 10 minutes, but before your interview, develop this, bring it with you into the interview and send it to the hiring manager after your interview with your thank you note and this attached and then you can add little things in there that and it'll just show you that show them that you really understand their business okay so this is a mark analysis i have it up at the top in the header um we're doing target.com and of course you could just go to the website and um the first part of the of the um market analysis is just going to be what the company does so i got target com or target and it's an online retail retailer you can obviously go to their linkedin profile or their website and just copy and paste something there the second part is the financials one of the sites i love is crunchbase i use finance um, yahoo finance and i use crunchbase those are my two favorite go-to's for when i'm getting financials or any industry specific um, news or articles about a company um, so i took this from crunchbase let's see if i can take you and I'm, and I'm, I'm just going to assume that you guys um, haven't seen some of these sites. So I'll just show you um, on Crunchbase and they've come a long way. There's tons of data in here, but here's Target. They got the summary and I just pulled the funding information from right here where it says funding and um, something that I thought was really interesting because they're a publicly held company. I wouldn't think that they had so much investments. They have an accelerator program. Um, in India, because they have a, a big um, uh, presence there. And also, uh, one of their latest acquisitions was a company called Delive in um, Palo Alto, I believe, uh, on May 8th, just this year, which is really interesting and, and kind of 
goes with everything that's going on right now because it's a delivery, um, a, a delivery company that for big retailers, uh, and we'll probably get into that later when we're talking about the warehouse role. So this is where I find all this information and the summary. So let me go back to, and, and I just put that in the financials as you can see right there. And then of course the, um, the trading symbol, the NASDAQ, I got that off of Yahoo Finance. Um, and then you can, you, know, you can see how the company is doing. And all this information was on there too. The website, I put the sector, the industry, um, when they were founded, how many employees. And the next section I have here is the open positions. And so I just copied and pasted those uh, there and that will give you a good reference when you're sitting down with your hiring manager and you're going over this um, to discuss the specifics of these roles. Um, and then the next one I have down here is the key stakeholders. And again, this is our market analysis for target.com, um, the key stakeholders. And I generally put like the names and they and I link the, um, the, uh, and I, and I link their LinkedIn profiles and I show an organizational chart. Okay, so there is this new company called Chartloop, which I am just foaming over. Have you heard of Chartloop, Mark? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. Yeah, so I've stepped into organizations before where they didn't even have organizational charts for the, for the jobs we were working on or the company I was sitting at. They were like, yeah, we've been meaning to like develop organization. So you don't have organizational charts. Um, <laughs> So this company, uh, they, you put in um, the company website and it develops an organizational chart. And um, my husband was, was uh, talking to a company and he's like, I wish I knew who, you know, that person's boss was. I was like, I'm going to create an organizational chart on Chartloop for you. So you can go to chartloop.com. See, so I did it for Target last night because it takes a moment to render. I love, I love uh, Chartloop. So I put that in there and I actually print it out and I attach it. And then oftentimes you might find that some of the information has changed, but I think that hiring managers and um, customers, and even like when you're interviewing, they're, they're super impressed with that. Okay, so I'm gonna go back to my, um, my market analysis. So we were at the open positions and the key stakeholders with our organizational chart. The next section is the top competitors. You can go on Yahoo Finance or on Crunchbase, um, uh, Moz, uh, and, and, and they'll have like, you know, the key competitors. You can do a Boolean search, right? You can do a Boolean search yep. of top competitors and list them there. Um, yeah, um, probably the easiest thing to do is just literally go into Google and just type in list of competitors for XYZ and they'll give it everything to you. Yeah, yeah. Easiest thing to do is just Google it, right? Um, <laughs> if you go to Crunchbase, it will have these lists and it has like these extensive lists that they've already built that are um, top retailers or top retailers in, um, in um, Michigan or um, top companies in this. And you can pull the, those and you can, and you can go through those and use those as a source uh, later. And then uh, moz.com, M-O-Z.com, uh, yep. that shows, this is a, your competitive advantage. So oftentimes you can go to a company's website in, and you put it in moz.com and it'll show you all their inbound marketing strategies. So if you are looking for a software engineer, for instance, 
and or an edge um, engineer or Kubernetes engineer. And um, you know that there is a company that markets specifically to those um, those type of candidates. And so you can actually put their website in there and it'll show all their inbound marketing, their SEO, their top keywords. I use it for my competitors so I can see the keywords that they're using and their backlinks. It shows you the, um, the backlinks like so, and the backlinks are if they have um, articles on other websites and it links back to their website, it shows you where all those are. So um, nice. that just can give you some amazing or top articles that they've written or ways that people find their websites. You know what the top, <laughs> the top in the recruiting industry, the top um, asked question is, how do you develop a recruiting dashboard? That's like the top question. Right. Isn't that funny? Or that funny. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so those were the lists and I put one of them there and that's the retail um, public companies that I got off of Crunchbase. Next, um, you can also get on Crunchbase is events and conferences. And I think one of the biggest resources that we go through um, or sources for candidates is events and conferences. And then I'm sure, you know, uh, we'll go into that a little bit later in when we actually source for this. But again, we're just doing the market analysis. Um, and then, of course, diversity, uh, diversity groups that were in that area or if it's geographically located or if it's in um, if it's in a. Um, for a specific, uh, if it's engineering or if it's finance or marketing. I mean, there's Queer Tech Club, shout out to Sarah Goldberg, love that club, and uh, Black Engineers, Women in Data. Hey, that's one of mine. And, um, <laughs> and then of course the tech stack and, and skills. Uh, if you go to builtwith.com and you put in a company's website, it will show you their entire tech stack. Tech stack, yeah. yeah. Like everything that they're working with, probably not everything, but most things. And I mean, um, it'll give you a pretty, I, I did it for, I did it for Target and it showed that Target had 55 technology products um, and 112 technologies for its website and it listed all of them. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool information. So yeah. last. Uh, uh, unfortunately with a company like that size, like you end up actually because there's like all these different systems, some of them legacy and some of them new, and then the teams are so different. You basically end up with like a lot of different tech stacks like throughout the entire organization. Yeah, and determining which ones that they are actually using, you'd have to what, go to the job descriptions and-, and Even if you go to the job description, they're like, they like list every single language and every single like, you know, like thing that you would actually do if you were an engineer and you're like, okay, well, this isn't really the job. You'd have to kind of read between the lines of the job and, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. The last piece that I'm going to jump to Mark and we're going to dive into sourcing is the candidate market analysis. And like I mentioned earlier, you can get really good snapshots geographically and you can use MZ, LinkedIn Talent Solutions, Gardner, Talent Neuron. I mean, those are all really great, expensive, but for free. And I think back in the old days, <laughs> back in the yeah, old days, Mark, have you, have you looked at the BLS? I, I have. Dot gov. I have. Yeah, I, I have. Mean, there's free information there. It's like awesome. You will get, if you're into data and graphs. <laughs> I mean, BL, B, so the BLS and then also like Department of Labor, like all these government sites, like it's all, it's like a bunch of data that's done for you, research data. And it's, it, they try and it's, it has to be kept up to date. So if you go to the BLS, they just have all these beautiful <laughs> graphs that you could almost get lost in. 
because you're just like, whoa, who would ever thought to analyze that? Um, but you can look at employment projections, right? Like that's probably one of the things that we're gonna, we're gonna look at employment projections for specific areas. And then also the, the number of companies that um, are in that specific industry. So for Target, I might look at the number of retailers that are in that. Now, now why would I be interested in industry when you know you could, I'm, interest, I'm interested in industry and geography first because one, I mean, yes, we're all working from home and, and it's a remote workforce probably for the next year, but companies are still gonna want eventually probably next year for people to come into the office. So we'll start ge geographically next to the company and then move out and then you know discover that. And then the second thing, industry, it is, it is and I have a graph for this, but <laughs> it is known that if you, if you hire somebody from within the industry, their ramp up time is going to be a lot less than their ramp up time if they were, um, they had to, to learn, the, you know, the, the specific information and stuff, right? I mean, that just seems to make sense. But here's a BLS.gov. Here's all the really cool graphs. I mean, you can click through these graphs right here. <laughs> like six of the 10 fastest growing occupations. I, I mean, you're just like, whoa, I was looking at this last night and I was like, wait, what was I here for? Oh yeah, the, the, <laughs> um, the employment projections. So we went on the BLS, we got the, the 4,000 companies in the industry who are located in California. And um, so you get a snapshot of the, the number of companies within there. That's the first thing that you can get from the BLS. And then the average employees, we're gonna say it's 400, cause I'm just gonna make this, this uh, simple for the ratios. Um, so if we said the average um, number of employees in each of those companies was 400, and then the next part down here, the ratios. So there are, there are industry ratios that you can get that are employee to programmer ratios. And I get asked for these all the time by hiring managers, especially in technology. And it's because they use them to justify their hiring for their next budgets and quarter. Yeah, or, yeah and I'm just like, oh, and, and I kind of caught on to it for a while, but it makes you kind of an additional resource. So it's great to have these. So, yeah. and, and they're published by IBM. So um, a programmer ratio might be one programmer for 200 employees. Um, so, so what that means then is if you have um, 200 employees and there's one program, and then this is, obviously depends on the maturity of the company and what technologies that they're using. So they're going to vary, but this is just like the general ratio, right? So, yeah. um, so if we have 4,000 companies and there's two programmers, that's, we're saying that there's about eight, the pool of 8,000 programmers available, uh, obviously eliminating all the people who won't relocate and that sort of thing. And then we looked at the BLS for the increase of um, the projections for employment um, for software engineers. And we add that. And then, uh, you know, the rise, how many, how it's going to grow, the amount of people who are entering. And then of course the job changes, turnover and growth, which is generally turnover is generally about 10%. And then growth in that area, how many people, graduates are coming out of school with certifications and that sort of thing into that industry, about 5%. So that's like 15% new programmers in that area. Um, right. So that is a way to look at your, um, your, your, um, your market analysis, bring that with you. It shows, it just makes you an incredible resource and, and um, gives you a starting point for any of your jobs. So Mark. Let's dive yes. into sourcing for these candidates. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't have like a huge market map here, but here, let me, let me just show you, let me just show you a, um, let me show you a, a little bit of something here. Um, let me share my screen here and I'll talk about just these two roles that we were looking at. Um, we picked two roles from, um, from Tar Tarjay, Tarjay, as, as, as it Tarjay, were. yeah. Tarjay. Um, so can you see my screen okay? Yes. So the first one is this. So you guys didn't know, but you're, you're actually working today. <laughs> you're actually gonna have to read a rec and understand it. So the title of this role is Senior Engineer Edge Computing Platforms. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I should bring up the, I should bring up the, uh, the chat and have somebody um, tell me what this is. We need an engineer. Well, yeah, but, but what type of engineer? Somebody who works at Target. <laughs> Somebody who works at Target. No, actually not really, no. The e-commerce the, the, the e um, Target thing is actually not important for this. Okay. So um, when you're doing this, um, you're back-end engineer. Eh, keep going. Let's take it from somebody, somebody else. Not really back-end engineer. Infra, okay, infrastructure, that's closer. I'll take, I'll take that. What else? All the answers are gonna come from Noah. <laughs> Ooh, SRE, okay, so now we're getting someplace. So SRE, infrastructure, so now you're getting closer. Now, um, to do this role, you have to understand like what these terms are. So before you start sourcing, like you can't just say, okay, well, I'm just gonna come into this thing and I'm just gonna start um, grabbing things. I'm gonna start grabbing this, like this title. I'm gonna say senior engineer, I'm gonna say engineer edge computing, and I'm gonna source that as my job title. Because if you do that, then you're gonna, you're gonna be very sad when you find out that that's not really like a title. Like if I come over here and say engineer edge computing, I'm like 167 people, in the whole world, I'm like, no, no, why, God? So you're not gonna do that. You're gonna actually understand the role and understand the stuff behind it. So when you look at this role, you'll realize that there are, it could be broken down because they do throw in a bunch of stuff in here. You realize that this can be broken down by technology. So you have to ask the questions and you have to do the research, but it's probably a good idea to research what virtualization means for um, containers and what Docker is before you start just plugging in keywords and, and buzzwording your um, search to death. Because that's what every junior recruiter and, and you know, recruiter who doesn't understand what they're searching for does. So once you understand that a one method of virtualization is instead of to utilize the physical machine and just load one OS on it and one application, you can use a machine and then load up what we call these containers, which are virtualized um, virtualized um, hosts of where you can place uh, different applications and they don't even have to be full-fledged operating systems. You have an app that's specific to what you wanna run. Maybe that app is the target.com app, the e-commerce app, maybe it's something else. But then you have just enough of what the operating system components to get the job done. In other words, like um, bin, libraries, file system, just enough of that structure so that you can run just that app. We don't care about running other stuff within these containers. We just care about running that one specific app. 
and then the way that you deploy and manage all of these containers because you can you can load dozens of them on these systems if you do it right is by use of a program called docker so yes you do have to understand how to use docker and container um, deployment software you also have to understand the containers that you're working on so yeah you probably do have to have some sort of software development experience because you're probably doing something with the code here um, yes you probably do have to understand the operating system that you're on so that you can virtualize on top of that operating system and also the hardware so that kind of gives you an idea but with once you kind of have that idea of what you're looking at you can then break down that job description into something a lot simpler where you look at it and you're saying okay i need kubernetes deployment i need distributed software deployment i need um um Linux experience. I need continuous integration, continuous deployment, which you can do with many different tools. And then of course, virtualization. Now they do list the virtualization tools they want you to use. Docker is obviously um, for deploying containers, but also KVM is a virtual machine platform. Zen is another virtual machine platform. So you can take each of these and turn them into a string like so. Now, this is only one way of doing it. I mean, this is probably a little bit too verbose for a string, but we'll, I'm just using this for teaching purposes. But um, for the, the developer titles, I could have put software engineer, developer, or programmer, but I could also put verbs. Like I could put the action words that describe what a, a person's gonna say when they say, I developed blah, blah, blah software for this containerization project, or I was a developer for this, or whatever that is. So you're kind of using a little bit of natural language there. And when you do that, you then um, can, um, yes, you can do VMware a bunch of different ways, yes. Um, you put that into a string and then your string becomes like something that you can start to work with, like a base string. And you can start to add in maybe an analysis, just this, this is what I was talking about, what I was talking about market analysis. You can see, okay, what's just basically available in the area. And I think this was like Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Once you figure this out, you can then start messing with the string and see what comes up. Um, see if the titles are right for what you're looking for, developers, DevOps engineer. I mean, you're really looking for people who are doing the action of developing software because that is in the rec. The titles are actually kind of meaningless because as long as the string is correct, you're going to get people who are right, whether they're a site reliability engineer, whether they're a virtualization engineer, whether a, a DevOps engineer, they're all going to have the stuff because they're working with that stack application system engineer. It's like the, the titles then become meaningless and it's more important to what the, um, the candidates do. And so that gives you an idea of what's out there. You can then change this around somehow because I mean, when you look at the string, um, uh, this string could be, um, this could, string could be changed, right? The virtualization piece could be changed a bunch of different ways. You could change the deployment keywords in a bunch of different ways. You could change the development keywords in a bunch of different ways. So each time you do that, you can then change how this set of result looks just for this one site, LinkedIn. And this is not even the only site that we would use, right? We could use many other sites, um, right? Does that make sense, everyone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so I mean, so you could you could you could easily do that. You can easily also just search other websites. You can search on um, you can search on Twitter. You can search on Facebook. You can even search on GitHub if you're going to search for that. Now, I wouldn't put a string like. Um, 
like this into GitHub because that's a terrible idea. Um, so we're, we're, we would not do that. Instead for GitHub, what would you do if you were gonna try and search for somebody who had this experience on GitHub? I guess the first question is, could you search for somebody who had this experience on GitHub? I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let, either, let either Brett or, <laughs> or no answer. Oh, nope. Yeah, you could, you could do geographically by state, but the way that LinkedIn works is LinkedIn works better with these, um, these phrases that they use here, these geographic phrases. Now you could just put a state, but um, you'll be better off, especially with the size of the states, you'd be better off putting um, the phrase that people use. You could also put Minneapolis comma Minnesota and you might get different results that way. In other words, I could take this string and I could copy it and instead of doing, um, I could do that. And I could say, give me the people who just say Minneapolis, Minnesota, like that. And so when you run that, you're going to get a different set of results than that first set. Now, some of them may not be there, but look at that. This person would not have come up in our previous search. I mean, it's only a few extra results, but because you're putting that specific city, all of a sudden you're getting some people that would not have shown up had you just been using this first string. So you can do cities and states and you will get slightly different people, as you can see. I, I have a question for you, Mark. I, I thought that GitHub was more for software development engineers versus infrastructure. Oh, are you? Are you in for, are you in for it? Okay, here, so let's do this. Let's do, <laughs> let's do, let's do a GitHub string. So if you're going to do a GitHub string. That came from the crowd. Somebody else asked that. <laughs> okay. So um, when you're looking on GitHub, think about it. If you're a developer and you're do doing some software development, but you're also doing um, admi like administration deployment of containers, if you're doing that, you are still doing some level of like software development scripting um, and other stuff related to what a pure software engineer does. So it's not like we're, we're totally off base here. The only thing is you're not going to put like verbs in here. You're not going to put like operating systems. You're going to dumb the string down very specifically. I'm going to show you how to dumb it down. You're just going to focus on the core part of, um, of what the, um, you're going to focus on the core part of what this rec is about. So no verbs, no job titles, because there are no job titles, no, none of this garbage. Um, maybe not even like, I don't know, maybe not even like the virtualization stuff. I mean, maybe, I don't know. But I mean, I would actually focus on like Kubernetes, I would focus on Docker or even like deployment. I mean, maybe I'll put Kubernetes or Docker or containers or containerization, right? You're putting, you're putting in all of that stuff and um, put orchestration. Has anyone ever heard of that before? No? Orchestration, container orchestration. Okay, so you could do that and that's gonna capture that Kubernetes piece. Then the virtualization stuff is, that's up to you. Um, but the location is key. So you're not going to see any of this in the location. If you're lucky, you will get, um, 
you will get um, just a city or a state or even the abbreviated state. Or St. Paul, no area. So you would do something like that. Or even like just, is it M Minneapolis's, uh, I mean, Minnesota's MN, is that right? Make, don't make me look it up. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay, so this is what you would get. Now I think I don't. I think this the virtualization piece. I think this is overkill. Um, I think this is overkill. So maybe I'll run it without it. But that's what I would do. And let me take this off. Okay. Now this is what I want because this is people who are who are who are talking about ways to create container images or Docker images and get them deployed. They're, they're doing the stuff. Um, and then the, of course the location, you have to make sure that the, they're in the right location. So they have to have Minneapolis or Minnesota or whatever the, the, um, the keywords are. Um, the um, thing you need to remember about location and GitHub is the fact that they don't put location all the time. So see this? They, a lot of people don't put this in there. Some people do, and that's great and nice and stuff, but other people do not. So once you get to a profile, well, then you can read the other stuff that they're doing in the profile and decide, okay, well, is this person do, doing what I want them to do? Should I cross-reference them on their own website or should I cross-reference them on LinkedIn? I mean, the choices are up to you, but I mean, you can easily cross-reference them and see what they're doing on um, LinkedIn, or you could click on their own website um, and then go from there. Software engineer, this is the right one. So cross-referencing is easy. Getting their contact information is easy. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Personal websites are always awesome. <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah. Who am I? Okay. Anyways, but that's that's how you that's how I would one way to, one way to look at it. So you could do it on Facebook. You could do it on LinkedIn. Um, tons of different ways you could do it. You could also, I mean, there's user groups. There's open internet Apache lists that you can use to get um, people who are doing this as well. But um, I guess the point is it, it can be done with lots of sites. So yeah, that's just one way. I don't know. What do you, what do you got, Stacey? Hi, <laughs> I was going to ask, and then, you know what I like doing? Um, you know, I will do my Boolean um, strings, but oftentimes I, like you mentioned orchestrating. Was that, I had never even thought of the orchestration. Oh, container orchestration. Yeah, I never would have put orchestration in there. Um, and, um, and, and so there are, there, you know what, into combat this site, and you're going to hate this, Mark, but there are <clears throat> there are Boolean string creators, right? Where it will create this string. I mean, Johnny Campbell's uh, site, social talent. There, there are, but you you still got to quality check those. Because if, if, if you take them face value, then they'll put in stuff that may give you more people, but they're not necessarily right. So it's- They'll it, give you everything, right? Well, it'll, it'll just, it might say, it might do Kubernetes or virtualization. And you're like, okay, well, do I really want that or do I really not want that? So it's like, you gotta, you gotta quality check it. And the, and the best way to do that is for you just to do the work and come over here and just read about what 
a Kubernetes container is and read about what that is, what that entails. It's, it's an open source container orchestration system for automating deployment of applications originally de designed by Google. It's like all of what you need is pretty much like there. And from there, you can start to piece together the words and use them as, as puzzles in your strings. And so you also read about what is a container? Well, a container is similar to a virtual machine, but they have less of a full-blown operating system and more of just the basic software libraries in order to run that particular application. So again, within just the first two looks here, I kind of know now what I'm, I'm looking for. Um, one of the things I also like to do, we mentioned this earlier in the show, is talk to an engineer, maybe somebody who's, who's actually worked at the company. So I actually have an engineer who worked at Target. He's on the call. <laughs> oh, it's He's Aaron. in the chat. Um, Aaron, um, if he's paying attention, I promoted you to a panelist. I want to bring you on real quick and ask you, because he's actually in, I think he's in Minneapolis. He, and he was at Target. He actually, you know those red cards? Yeah. He, he helped build those and, and develop those. Hey, Aaron. Hey, guys. <laughs> Aaron, how's it going? Hold on. I had a goofy uh, background here for a second. Oh, no, no. That's a, it's a good background. It's a good background. It's a great background. Yeah. Let me just turn that off. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask you about the Kubernetes because I often, that's, that's one of the things I think you, you should do. Get up out of your chair walk around and go talk to one of the software engineers who works at the company, right? So Aaron, right. Aaron, what do you think about this role and where to find these talented people? Yeah, so one thing I was just gonna add that, um, that I think would be kind of a, uh, a thing that would help a lot is if you, if you looked at those technologies, you'll notice Kubernetes and Docker, they're all written in this programming language called Go. Yeah. And what they might be looking for is somebody to work on that, write plugins for it. So if you just, if you could narrow your search to Go programmers, that would probably help a lot because first, there aren't a lot of them. And second, those people are gonna be interested in that specific kind of role. Yeah, so do like a Go or Golang type search. Yeah, it's hard to search for that programming language though. Yeah, it's cause you have like Go everywhere. I mean, it's- Yeah, um, but the, those infrastructure tools in particular are written in that language. Um, but yeah, what they're, I think what they're looking for is somebody that's working on the platform that, that does the computing locally inside of those stores. So yeah. if you think about, you know, what edge means is, and it's, it's weird to have in a job title. Like, I agree. That's a strange job. It's, title. it's a weird job. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of like a, a misnomer there because they're just looking for a software engineer, I think. Yeah. And, um, they they they're looking for a software engineer to do the automation work but maybe it doesn't actually matter how much they know um some of those tools more that they can program against them and um the edge thing just means i mean everybody who's watching uh netflix or something they're they're going through edge servers so that that's that's like the idea of having local data centers somewhere in a region close by so that your streaming goes faster because they have that data cache locally. And that's exactly what they're looking for is somebody to, to deal with all those kind of uh, programs that are gonna run inside the store. And um, so you're, you're gonna have things like all of the automation around dealing with telling if something's down or deploying it across a, a 
a bunch of different things. So um, people that are interested in that kind of stuff uh, are going to be like fairly unique compared to application developers. Yeah, they're going to have more of the, the de like a slight DevOps or slight, um, you know. Yeah. Hey, Aaron, yeah, it's, qu it's question for you. When you're, when you're going to um, um, upskill, or if maybe somebody using Go Languages was going to upskill, would they, would they look at YouTube videos and um, follow those or subscribe to those? Because I found, like, if you go to YouTube and you look at some of those videos, you can see the people who are commenting and the subscribers, mm -hmm. and you can oftentimes find out who those people are, and they're developers, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'd say um, people are going to buy courses they're going to buy like Udemy courses or that kind of thing, or they're going to find some expert and buy the courses. They're going to buy the books and they're going to start going to meetups. And you'll probably be able to find a Kubernetes meetup in Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah. Or a Go programming language meetup or a Docker or something like that meetup. And those are going to be like really good people to go after too. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Aaron. Hey, you want to hang out for our next role? Should we go to our next role? Yeah, we should go yeah, to our next yeah. role. Wait, we, before we run out of time here, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, because we got like uh, 15, 10 more minutes, something like that. Um, right. What What's our next role? Is a it was a warehouse operations? Yeah. Do you want me to put it up on the screen here? Yes, I okay. have some great ideas about this. Um, Okay, let me share my you, you tell us You tell us what the role is there, Mark. So here you go. It's, uh, it's as exciting as it gets. <laughs> uh, warehouse, warehouse worker. Uh, you got to lift. You got to move stuff. You got to use warehouse equipment. Um, and you may have to work in like a freezer controlled environment. <laughs> It doesn't pay much. I think it was like $16. Yeah. Uh, I mean, basically they need, they need bodies, not to fill up the freezer, but to, to work the warehouse. <laughs> so, um, so uh, really the only thing that matters here is location and if they're willing to do the job, that's really all that matters. So this is like a totally different search than what we were just looking at. Okay. I, this is my idea on this. I mean, because it's seasonal, and it's lifting and moving and it requires um, to operating equipment. There are lots of out of work seasonal ski resorts right now. I mean, cause it's summertime and ski resorts, we don't even know if they're gonna be up and running again. So there's a lot of people who work at the ski resorts who work with equipment. And I just want, I used to be a professional snowboarder. So I wanna help out my, my friends in the industry, right? Like that's, I would go on Facebook and I would look at the, um, the groups, um, the ski and snowboard groups, or in that area for the for the resorts or the ski towns, and I would post them there. Or contact, uh, um, reach out to the people in those in the that work at those resorts. Um, that's that's what I would initially do because also, I mean, the freezing temperatures. I mean, you know, ski resorts. <laughs> We're used to winter. So I, I so you, it's funny you said Facebook because I like um, threw in a. Um, through in a Facebook search. So, and, and you said also, um, why not have them do the job? You know, why not increase the odds of people who are gonna do the job? So this is what I had done on Facebook. So in Facebook, you do the basics of what you need to get profiles on Google. And then the rest of it, 
is titles that they might be called. It could be a warehouse worker. It could be a stock worker in a warehouse. It could be a warehouse associate. Could be anything. And then you just you figure out the location. The location was Galesburg, and so you've got to figure out well, what does that mean? Well, you just go to Google Maps and then pull out you know the the zoom here and say, okay, well, how far would a person, a sane person, drive or take the bus in order to work there? Okay, well, I, I can yeah. include Battle Creek. I can include Kalamazoo, and you basically form your string after that. And once you have your string, then you can take that and run it and verify the results. People who are a warehouse worker in Coca-Cola, people who are a warehouse worker um, uh, who worked at Target, but they don't work at Target right now. Um, people, you know, warehouse workers. So it's like you verified the stuff, right? So now I'm, I have all these people. I can either scrape this entire list if I want, or I could source one by one if I feel like it. What do you but, what do you like to use for um do you use instant data scraper? Um what do you I like use to data, use? I use data I prefer to use data miner. Um but like here is hopefully this is not a, a questionable profile here. <laughs> um because <laughs> no, sometimes like <laughs> sometimes you click on these these profiles and then it's like they're like they they double as like a something else. Anyways, um but this is, this is what we would want to use. We want to use something like this. Um, you could use tools that um, um, to also help find contact information, right? There are cool tools like Signal Hire, which work pretty well on Facebook. Yeah. Or if you wanted to, um, you could get all of them and then do your data enrichment afterwards. So if I wanted to, I could just grab all these people here with Data Miner and for Google results, there's public recipes already done for you. You don't even have to form your own like um, recipes. There's one here called X-Ray Google LinkedIn 2018. Even though it says for LinkedIn, it works well for all results. And so you run that and look at that. Now I have like the name separated nicely. I don't, I don't know why they have email because there's no emails here that you can use, but it's fine. And then the URL and then the snippet um, the, the snippet that describes um, the person's name. And I can also do pagination and just get the rest of the pages, which probably won't be that much. And then once I'm done, I can just download the entire list and then I can do my, my stuff. I like those recipes. Those are just pre-made in there. They're pre-made, yeah. And even if one is not made that you need here, you can always ask one of your fellow sorcerers to see if they'll give you theirs. Mm -hmm. um, they don't let you make ones for, for Facebook anymore because of you know, terms of service. But um, once you download, but, but you can share recipes amongst yourself. So I, I have created some for Facebook. But once you have, have this information, you can put it into a spreadsheet, you can put it into a Google um, Doc, and then you can slice and dice this data anywhere, you, any way you want. See how this summary is separating things out. Like it separates like titles. It separates things like the location, the company. You could easily do some um, Excel, Excel scripts mm -hmm. to filter out this data into multiple columns. So that you have like location, you have title, you have dates, and then you have a, a real set of data to work with. What's the profile URL? Is that Facebook or LinkedIn? That's just the Facebook profile. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so with Signal Hire, by the way, I could take this whole list if I had if I had the paid version of Signal Hire, 
I could take this whole list of URLs and import it into their application and then they would look for all the emails for all of those profiles. So that's also cool. Can you message them with that? It would well, just, no, it would just have, straight have, through emails. No, once you have the emails, then I would just email them. I wouldn't bother messaging them on Facebook because they may not get it. It goes into like the other folder. So, um, okay. Yeah. With duck soup, you can do that on like, if you had the LinkedIn profile URLs, you can pop that. Yeah. With soup. LinkedIn, yeah. LinkedIn profile, that's different. Cause you can do that and it works great. But with Facebook profiles, less of these people finding, um, uh, tools work, uh, less of them work well on Facebook. So only a few of them do well. Um, it's easy to make a, a, an email finding tool work with um, LinkedIn, just because LinkedIn is so heavily used and because of the amount of stuff that people connect to it. But people connect less stuff to um, Facebook. And so it's harder to make that work for, uh, for Facebook finding emails and stuff. I have found that, again, like I said, SignalHire does a pretty good job of revealing contacts um, for individuals. So mm -hmm. they, uh, they seem to have a pretty good database for, um, for, for Facebook. But also, I guess I should look at the chat to see what other people say about um, um, Facebook. But it also, SignalHire yeah. will also sometimes find phone numbers as well as emails. So pretty cool. You know, um, with, if you are looking to send your specific job ad, if you, if you go on Facebook, or even if you have emails, right, if you have a list of emails, you can actually pop them into business, um, Facebook business, if you're looking to do advertisement or programmatic ads. And yeah. um, I don't know if you use Facebook business or not to, or uh, you do ads. Um, I do, I for, do. For the conference and for other, for for jobs, um, but you can pop in um, all the emails, like a whole list of emails, and it will actually target those profiles. And you can do lookalikes. You can you can make it geographically, like you can set all these parameters, and it'll send them your amazing ad. And you can put a little click, and you know it's all, the whole power of advertising, right? Which is how um, Facebook makes their money: advertising to you. That's right. That's right. When I would play a, a gig with my band, I would like select everybody in the area and then like bombard them with <laughs> ads for the show. <laughs> so we got three more minutes. I want to, we're going to wrap up the show, but before I do, wait, I asked, um, um, uh, Aaron here, do you play an instrument at all, Aaron? <laughs> Don't play any instruments. <laughs> I only ask because software engineers always have, they're always like musically inclined for some reason. I, okay, so here's my second question, Aaron. Do you now want to be a sorcerer? Sometimes. It seems like it would be uh, like kind of more um, exciting than uh, programming sometimes. <laughs> there, no, there's just, always like that hunt that you're doing. It, the hunt is cool. Sometimes though, you don't get to work on like the super like, you know, sexy positions. It's like roles that you've like done so many times, or it's like a role that you just don't want to do, but you have to do it. It's there's, there's also, you know, there's also, I mean, there's bad to every job, I think is what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like the search. I like the search aspect of it. I like the problem solving of it. I like that aspect of it a lot. So it's always, you know, whenever you get a, a new rec or a client company, it's, they always have a new set of problems and you figure out ways to, you know, make them work. So I, I like, that's what's cool about it, I think. Are you going to play us out, uh, Mark? Are you going to play a little guitar uh, or something? I mean, we need a little out music, just hold saying. Hold on, hold on one second. 
While Mark's doing that, um, Aaron Decker has a site called iteachrecruiters.com. Dot com, right? Dot com, yep. Um, where he shows you the entire software development right. lifecycle. So specifically for recruiters who are looking to go from generalist to tech recruiting, or you just want to brush up on your tech recruiting, it's not much. I think it's like, it's, it's very minimal amount to take a course on software development, the entire life cycle to help you as a recruiter. And yeah, um, I have a free course up there. I have a blog. I have some tools that kind of explain what keywords are and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's good. I've, I've looked at it. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Cool. He's, he's done webinars with me. We did a class together. I mean, it's so instrumental. We also have a, we, we created an infographic showing the entire, well, actually Aaron, <laughs> I advised, uh, created this infographic. So if anybody wants that, I'll put the link in um, and, and send it to everybody. And it's an infographic that just shows the entire software development life cycle. If anybody wants to get hold of you, Aaron, how could they do that? Uh, they can just go to the website and use the contact form or the email on there. And Mark, uh, before we go, if anybody wants to get hold of you, where can they do that? I mean, yeah, just, yeah, you can go to my website and use the contact form or you can, yeah, message me on LinkedIn. I will try to respond. <laughs> okay. Thank you everybody for joining us for Dueling Sorcerers. We'll be back here every Tuesday at 9 a.m. And on Wednesdays, we have talent analytics. Tomorrow, we're talking about how to build a talent analytics, talent intelligence team from the very beginning. And we're joined by James Brown, who's head of talent intelligence for Amazon. It's going to be nice. <laughs> I can't wait, right? It's just the perfect follow-up. Find all that information on techrecruit.io. We'll see everybody next week. Nice. everyone. Should I sing? Did you? Yeah, what are you saying here? <laughs> Is it getting better since we're talking about Edge? Or do, no, I shouldn't sing. Just play it. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah.